Hello darlings, Bunny Galore here, the queen of the cult movies, and welcome! You're checking in to the Horror Motel. Each week, myself and the gorgeous Alison June Smith bring one of our favourite movies to the motel and decide where in the motel we will put it. Would it be in the honeymoon suite, the glamorous, the one with the plastic on the furniture, or will it be in the basement, in the furnace? Who knows? It could be anywhere in this building. And once again, I'm joined by my gorgeous co-host, Alison. Hi, Alison. Hi, Bunny. I am delighted to be with you yet again discussing the trash movies that we are all in love with. Oh, I think we've hit a sweet spot. I think we're, uh, particularly in the 80s, where the movies are as vibrant as the posters and <laughs> quite sold by the posters, I think, in the 80s when I think about it. I do like a 1970s bleak one as well. Um, uh, but, and some of the 90s going into the Scream territory, you know. But I think yeah. my favourite probably is with the 80s, which is where our movie for this week comes from. But anyway, to start with, uh, you are off on a trip soon, Alison. How are you preparing for it? Oh, yes. Well, I'm going back home. I'm going to Canada. I am from Calgary, Alberta. Uh, nobody ever knows that place. No, oh, I'm sorry. Sure. <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. So Calgary, Alberta, by the Rocky Mountains, we are home to the 1988 Winter, Winter Olympic Games, which brought you such great movies as Eddie the Eagle and the Jamaican bobsled team. That, that was one, year. that was really iconic one. Uh, how spooky yeah, as yeah. well, because we're, we're going to be talking about 1988 quite a lot today. How weird. Uh, how strange. I did not know that. Winter I did not Olympic know that. Games. There we yeah. Go. yeah, yeah. So that is where I'm from. Uh, and I'm going back home in a few days. I'm very excited. Uh, I'm going to see my family. See, now, here's the thing. Christmas, I did. We, we talked before about, you know, Christmas time, a lot of family time. I mm -hmm. didn't really have to deal with too much immediate family. It is always after Christmas no. when I go home that then it comes uh. family time. And it is intense because my family, they love me and I love them. And so whenever I go home, it's like. They just want every moment of it. And my mom, she's one of these people. She'll start off and she'll be like, oh, I'm so glad to have you home. Although, you know, this is day one. Although, you know, uh, I mean, it's not that long till you're gone again. I'm like, I just walked in the door. Can we enjoy this oh, moment without gosh. already being like, I know. Oh, I is it say, the law? Know, is it the law that parents have to say these things? If yes. we had kids, would we? T I actually, what am I saying? I've already turned into my mother so much. Um, ah. <laughs> I, can, I can hear it when I'm sort of like, a lot of my friends are all different ages and a lot of them are in their 20s. And I've realized, I used to think I was like slightly cooler, older sibling. No, no, no. I'm just mom uh, or dad, I should say. Yeah. Um, but uh, I just dad. That's what's happened. And you've, I can hear it. I can hear my mother's voice in my head. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, you can I, fight I, it, everyone. You can fight it, but you, you turn try. into your parents whether you That's want That's the real not. horror movie. That's you. We all turn into <laughs> all our parents. That's what happens. Um, <laughs> Oh, thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah. very true. So um, do you have a very big family? Do you have brothers and sisters and things? Things. I have. And, uh, and things. And things. I, I got lots of Other things. relatives. As steps. As, siblings. I mean, as yeah. in, yeah, step. <laughs> brothers and sisters. That sounded really strange then. 
<laughs> I don't. I don't have a huge family. I have my sister that I. Uh, I mean, my little sister, Kimmy, Kim, not Kimmy. Sorry, sorry, Kimmy. Kim. <laughs> she gets because that's what I call her, and she gets so mad. But Kim, my <laughs> little sister, Kim. Uh, and then Hi, Kim. I have a half sister in Toronto. Hi, Kim. I have a half sister in Toronto, Jane. Uh, so she's out there. She's right. out there too. Um, but the only ones I'm going to see this time is my sister Kim, my mom, my dad, my uncle, and then uh, my friends. That's that. I don't have a huge family, which I am absolutely fine with. I like the idea oh. of a small family, yeah. um, and I don't have children. Neither does my sister. So the uh, the family stops here. Everyone, this is it. This is enjoy the Smiths. This is it. This is I'm the final generation. We are the final well, generation. Yeah. Yes, um, I'm I'm an only child. If you can't tell. Gentle listeners, um, but uh, but my f- uh, my my father was actually married before. I discovered this when I became an adult that my father would be married before, just before he died. He died when I was twenty one, uh, and I I think I just about found out that they'd he'd been married before. I had three daughters. Actually, I thought two daughters back then, and then about about fifteen years ago or so, no, probably more actually, twenty years ago. Uh, I was doing a, a, a show, a Christmas show, a pantomime in a place called Gravesend, and because my name, my uh, is on the poster, uh, that's as in my real name. Um, uh, they um, they saw the poster and they sort of contacted me because it's a quite unique spelling of my surname, and and it turned out I was three sisters. <laughs> that was a shock, but I got to meet them. Uh, the weird <gasps> bit was that they're actually uh, they're very lovely. But I suppose in my head, I thought they were going to be the same age as me. Uh, so at that point, I was 30-ish, and they were 50-ish. So the age I am now. And um, it was so strange to meet them, because I was like, oh, I always presumed they were ch- children when that marriage... Of, I think it was a wartime marriage, perhaps. Yeah. And Because uh, my father was much older. He was in his 70s when he died, so uh, I had older parents and makes sense now because it was a second marriage but which I think it was so weird because I think at school I was the only person me and my best friend had a mother and father everybody else's parents were divorced in the 80s well there was a big divorce movement Mm. yeah it was like I remember literally being in I think it was about primary school like late primary school so like grade six elementary school as we would say in Canada and uh grade six and it was just like all of a sudden everyone's parents got divorced yeah, so strange. it was like the whole world went we don't yeah. bu- we don't buy into this whole marriage sham anymore yeah. and it was just a movement so my parents stayed together uh although sometimes i was like i don't know that was the best thing <laughs> to do you. but anyway yeah. uh but yeah, yeah i'm not convinced my movement. parents would have stayed together any long if he hadn't passed away <laughs> they were quite a fiery couple <laughs> they were my father is uh very was very charismatic very he wasn't perf- wasn't a performer but i can see where i get it from uh, my mother is is very glamorous which i can see where bunny galore comes from and uh, i and and very strong i uh, you know i i i do, I, do, <laughs> I don't believe a strong mother makes you gay i think a strong mother makes you a drag queen <laughs> and a strong glamorous mother makes you a drag queen <laughs> Mm-hmm. I have never thought of that before. Um, <laughs> oh, this is better than therapy, Alison. It really is. I was going to say um, we're having moments. It's real moments. It only took episode <laughs> three for the, for the deep, dark, down stuff to come out, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> Delving deeply. So um, I hope you have... Oh God, I'm literally going to have to lie down after this. Um, uh, I hope you have... So you're not working in Canada. By the way, I've always wanted to go to Canada. I, it's just the most... And I think Canada's drag race has reinforced this even more lately because I'm seeing uh, more of it, I think, more sort of Canadian performers. Yeah. But maybe you go, oh, God. Not that you've seen the countryside in, in that. Obviously, it's all in a studio, but it could be anywhere. But um, but artist-wise, you're kind of, oh, oh it sounds We gave you so Brooklyn cool. Heights, everyone. Brooklyn Heights. Brooklyn Heights, the most beautiful just... drag queen on the planet. Oh, uh, oh and yeah. Jim, I love Jimbo for so season one so much. And, Jimbo and, uh, is I, so I, fun. Oh, He's so fun. Oh, I love him so much. It just... Um, and I thought it was just going to be me when the first episode I was like, oh, wow, you're my favourite because you're different. And you're not the, the g- very glamorous norm that you have, um, runway type glamorous that you have on Drag Race. But you're, you know, you're an original, you're like going back to the original seasons of the US version. Then it turns out the rest of the world loves him too. So there we go. Uh, well, yeah, and, you and know what's interesting, I people. love that you like, yeah, I love that you love Jimbo though because... That kind of ties in nicely to some of the stuff ah, we talked to this week. Oh my this goodness, week. Jimbo! In my opinion, Jimbo, as far as he was the most clowny, like yeah. uh, drag queen <laughs> we have seen in a long time, right? Yeah, Jimbo very true. really took a humorous and creative approach, and almost like a, a clown approach. I would yes. say more so. Yeah than some of the other queens. Uh, and and so that, that ties in nicely to... Uh, it really does. Well done. I love a yeah. segue. That's amazing. So it isn't Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, but it is still an incredible movie. It is Killer Clowns from Outer Space. It was a night like any other night. Then something happened. Something different. It's no shooting star. Why here? Why now? Why clowns? Again, incredible poster. I'm pretty sure I saw it at the cinema when it first came out. I certainly remember seeing Elvira at the cinema. And I'm pretty sh- sure I saw Killer Clowns at the cinema in my near my hometown uh, because I remember seeing the trailer. I think this film has the perfect title theme song and possibly the best trailer for a comedy horror. It is a, it is a comedy horror sci-fi movie. Uh, it's the perfect balance of all those three elements. I think it's equal parts hysterical and equal parts terrifying re-watching it for this <laughs> podcast i for, they, i found it scarier this time round funny enough alison are you scared of clowns because uh, yeah. i i don't Look, think i, I particularly do... am but i uh, but watching killer clowns i think i'm a bit scared of those clowns i the... wouldn't say in general i have a fear of clowns but i find them very creepy like yeah Clowns, look, clowning, I have a friend who went to Clown University. So if you're a theater major, look, I'm not saying this about clowning. Ooh. Clowning No, no, clowning, no, no. So, uh, yeah. It's a very yeah. different thing, isn't it? Yeah. So clowning, it's more, um, that is It's more like comedia, isn't the it? It's clowns. more, um, yeah, the, it, it's that sort of clowning. smile. Yeah. Right? And I the think desire that's... to make everyone, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what makes this film not 
uh, even not age. It's I've I loved it from the moment it came out. I'm a bit like Death Becomes Her. I loved that when it first came out. I'm equally part surprised that it's gone on to have such a mainstream, not even cult success. It's become extremely mainstream, and it's been in development hell for thirty odd years uh, for the sequel to Killer Clowns, but it's about to come out as a game. Funny enough, uh, on all platforms pretty soon. I think in the next couple of months. I Is think. It? Uh, yeah. So the the trailer looks really cool, and they're kind of treating that as like. A sequel of sorts. Um, uh, I don't know. I guess there's a storyline to it, but it's that they have some new clowns in there that uh, as part of the uh, game. And but apart from that, it's pretty pretty on the nose. It looks pretty cool. Uh, so the movie came out in 1988. It has incredible title sequence, um, and it is by three brothers: the <laughs> Charles, Edward, and Stephen uh, Quixote. I hope I've spelled that right. Uh, said that right. It's spelt quite differently to uh, how it's actually said but they are three brothers that were really into special effects they made a lot of little sort of you know stuffed animation things that i've seen um uh the the arrow blu-ray of the movie is beautiful it's a beautiful print of the film it has some great uh extras as well and some of it's their early films uh although i don't think they actually do the effects themselves and i think one of the best things about this movie is the clown masks because it looks like obviously it's very cartoony in the fact that it's not human head shaped but it's the lines it's like the it looks like white makeup that's been baby jane hudson betty davis type makeup that's been put on and on and and then cracked and wrinkled that makes it so gorgeous masks i i think they look incredible and i think that's what's not aged at all uh, as well as the practical effects in the movie, which I think it's one of its biggest things. Uh, the film involves uh, a very Brad and Janet couple uh, of um, uh, Grant Karma uh, as Mike and uh, Suzanne Snyder as Debbie. Um, very much like the beginning of Night of the Living Dead, actually. I begin to realise now a lot of these films do open with the, like, did we pass a castle back there? Type of thing. They're up Lothers Lane in this movie. Two teens uh, going off to make out in the woods and then exactly. all of a sudden something. That's always what it is. Yeah, Always yeah. what happens, isn't it? And they are at sort of make out ridge in the car with some other people as well in different cars. And they see a flash of light go through the sky. And it's a meteor. And they go like, oh, look at that. Let's go and let's go. <laughs> Always a good idea. If I saw a meteor land, I don't think I would <laughs> be going, oh, come on, let's go down and see what monster's coming out of here. And it's always it's, the girl. It's always the girl, right? Yes. Let's go, let's go find the meteor let's... where the guy's like, we're about to do it. I'm about <laughs> to you. I don't want to go chase a meteor. I want to go see the meteor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> very PG-13. And uh, they go off to find it. Uh, in the meantime, uh, we have the, the token... Uh, backwards uh, a backwater hick type character um, an older guy and his dog go to find the shooting star and where it, up to then it's it's got comedy elements but it's yeah. still a fairly straight horror setup so you kind of if you hadn't seen yeah. the trailer if you didn't know from the title you were thinking oh this is like invaders from mars it's kind of like there's going to be a spaceship and it's going to be an alien uh, but it's going to be a scary alien so when you first see, I think it's so glorious, that first reveal of the tent, where it's a spaceship tent, is just amazing. And 
the the old guy and the dog uh, as have killed off camera or their, their fate is kind of off camera so when what surprises me though is when uh mike and debbie arrive it's not it's not like they they run like the blob or something where they they run away and they kind of um they go to find help from adults they go straight in so you go straight yeah, into the like, spaceship and it's like, on? Yeah. yeah and it's this fun house and it's it seems to be bigger on the inside than the outside it's a bit like the TARDIS in Doctor Who where it's it's much bigger because there's a massive like nuclear-esque uh power system to it uh and then they see the clowns and they've realized what's happened to the old man and the dog is they've been turned into cotton candy uh they kind of look like light bulbs but they're like cocoons that the and then the, one of the clowns yeah. takes a straw out when you first the first reveal of the clown and he puts a straw in it and starts drinking the blood from it or the whatever it's been turned into the mush um and then they're discovered and they are chased by the clowns and then the rest of the movie is the hijinks ensues but you have so many delicious uh not sketches but you have these the how the clowns uh, attack various members of yeah. the town which is so funny whether they, they they bring the doorbell and they've got pizza boxes and the clown comes out the pizza boxes and shoots the girl or uh, uh my favorite reveal i think is one of the heroine is trying to escape uh from the, the popcorn that's turned into these two little uh, bitey creatures and oh she God, goes I to jump that. out the window and the, the clowns but yeah. <laughs> who knew popcorn was scary um the clowns are outside with a very tiny little net for us to jump into. Go, go, come on, come and jump into the net. Which is, which again, yeah. terrifying. And I think that the scariest one involves a little girl in what looks kind of like a pastiche of McDonald's. And she looks, she's bored, the parents are talking, and she looks out the window and she sees a clown waving at her and kind of doing peekaboo and then beckoning to her. And the, as the camera pans round the clown, it's got a massive multicolored hammer mallet in his hand. Luckily, as she goes to wander off towards the clown, the, the parent grabs her. So, but of course, most of the village are turned into cotton candy. So, uh, who knows what happens to them? Uh, I think it's delicious. I think it's funny, uh, it, reverent, and it spins the normal horror movie on its head. It is a comedy horror, but uh, I love a comedy horror because I do love a scare, and I love uh, then I, I like to laugh afterwards, which is why I like. those type of movies i think this is probably the broader of the comedies i love that are also horrors but you know but i do love that um do you remember when you first saw it allison well now i have to be honest with you i've only seen snippets of it so watching for this podcast was the first time i had watched it from start to finish and seen all of it and my boyfriend was very excited so danny who is also a, a horror movie lover I was like, you never watched it? And I was like, no. So he's like, well, we're going to watch it tonight. Let's watch it tonight. So he was oh. so excited to watch it again. And uh, I, I really did. I mean, I loved it. I thought the, the clowns and the prosthetics. Here's the thing. I'm a big fan of a movie. So last week we talked about Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. Mm-hmm. And this week we're looking at this. I think I love these movies so much because I have a real passion for uh, prosthetics when effects yeah. were made yes. by hand. I begin to think this, realize uh, the same. Well, be remember why. Yeah. Um, everything's yeah. practical yeah. in it. I think uh, there is some stop. I think there's the the scene that apparently was the the, the like not the sizzle pitch, but like the um, the thing. I think that the starting point the boys, the three brothers, started with is the clown driving along by the car, and 
that stop animation, I think. There's some scenes where it's a model and it's a stop. But most of the, even then when, they, when the clown's next to him, it's kind of on an arm on the side of the, uh, that moves on the yeah. side of the car. I guess it's being on a, it's on a low loader kind of being towed as well but uh because it's really there in have you ever seen Carnival of Souls um no, it's, I it's it, Carnival of Souls is a is a public domain movie and it's a very classy spooky movie but it has this really um a, a girl is in a car crash and then she can't, she she survives it her friends don't and then she keeps on seeing this spooky guy, this kind of like death, I guess, but he's in a suit with a white face and he keeps on popping up in the strangest places. And the, the, the creepiest moment, and it's such a simple effect, but it's just creepy as hell, is she's driving along. And obviously, because it's a 1960s movies, you know, it's a back projection or, you know, so she's actually, you know, the car's not moving. Uh, but he, she turns around and he's just staring in at the passenger seat window into the car. So obviously he's just standing in the studio, but for some reason it's such a terrifying image to see somebody when you're driving just staring back at you when the car's moving is and and I, it kind of pastiches that. I don't know if that's intentional or not, but it's just something about, you know, a, a, so a, someone coming along that's not in a vehicle next to the car yeah. and looking in. I think is is a really creepy image. Um so I think that scene works and that's the first thing shot they kept it kept on going wrong apparently while they were filming um and when the car crashes off the road it I think something had broken in the in the they're going to do the stunt once I think it kind of just slightly rolls down the hill <laughs> rather than <laughs> flies off the edge but it kind of goes dump it's a bit of a but I don't mind particularly that but yeah it, it's it that was a very hard sequence to film but because it was the inspiration for the the whole thing uh they wanted to get it right so they kept on going back and reshooting and they kind of made it work they were going to have to cut it but it's made up of lots of bits of the various remounts that that still didn't work but they've managed to make it work in the edit uh i think the edit is perfect the music's perfect the uh, it's not like uh, there's no big big stars in it particularly I, the guys have, I think you see them in some other films but they're not particularly internationally well known for other things but uh, no, they might the, be in the, America uh, the bad cop because there's good there's good cop bad cop the bad mm. cop I forget his name yes he, he is, is actually a pretty well known actor I've yes. seen him in a lot of things yes you're right that's probably the only person really at the pull t- out the list but yes he was yeah. the only person I knew at the time. So I think he was kind of on, but more from TV, I think. So he must have been in yes. regular TV shows, I think, more than movies that I can remember. Did you also know, interesting mm-hmm. side fact, you said you liked the soundtrack, and I agree with it. I'm trying to look up the band. I had the band's name down Oh, before. it's called The Dickies. Uh, the band, The Dickies. It's called The Dickies. Who the did Dickies. the soundtrack. The Dickies actually wrote the killer clown theme song before they saw the movie so they had just written oh yeah, my they goodness. wrote the music before they had even seen the movie the dickies yeah i didn't Isn't know that because i was i i was listening to it again today and i was like i was going like i wonder if this is like a song that was that i was wondering because it, it's obviously written for the movie surely but then that makes a lot of sense because it's kind of it's it it's I don't think you could get that lightning in the bottle quite as as easy <laughs> if you were if you were writing that for the yeah. film I bet they wouldn't have come up with that uh, so that's some yeah they so great so I, again it's a bit like the theme from Friends the Rembrandts it's uh, they're not I don't know if they're still going but you know they're just that, known for that song aren't they but it's certainly a, a great great a great great thing so what did you think though seeing it for the first time in in twenty twenty three 
I, uh, I mean, I particularly, look, I loved it. I loved it. It's got so, like you said, it is, it's really funny. Like, there's just so many aspects to it that, that you, you go, oh yeah, and it it pays a lot of homage, I think, to a lot of um, horrors. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the perfect combination of humor and kind of scary. I really feel this is as family friendly as you're going to get in a horror movie. To be honest with you, <laughs> like there's not a lot of blood and gore, right? Like, no, they kill people. They turn so. into cotton candy. Like mm. literally, they turn into cotton candy. Um, they get shot. The popcorn. We were talking about the popcorn before. I, I mean, I could see it from a mile away when they. Because did they shoot them with a popcorn? Yes, when they for, when they're escaping happens? from the spaceship right at the beginning uh, and go, trying yeah. to, they've discovered. Oh, it's clowns, and they're they're eating people. Oh my goodness, so fun green. And it, they sh- and they get a huge space gun out, and it. But it's you know very clown like, you know, sort of circusy uh, gun, and of course what. What else is going to shoot but popcorn, which kind of turns corners popcorn. as well. The, the 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 shrapnel of the of the popcorn follows them, but they manage to dive out All of the, the spaceship. All the little popcorn pieces. Uh, they're stuck to yeah. them. Uh, by the end, when they get home, there's still a few pieces that, and that seems to morph into <laughs> strange. And I love that kind of because the moment boxes. I saw them run away with popcorn. Yeah, as soon as I saw them run away with popcorn on them, I was like, oh, the popcorn's going to turn into something. The yeah. popcorn is a key. And it did. It did turn into, yeah. you know, monster eating, you know, or people eating little monsters, which was great. Yes. Glorious. Um, I also loved, I loved the prosthetics of the clowns. People mm. might think it's a little cheesy, or, but I loved that aspect about it because it seems so real. Like when you see clowns, to me, that is what a clown looks like with these weird yeah. prosthetic hands and heads. And they were giant. And also, interesting fact, um, two, I believe, so they stuck with four general kind of uh, prosthetic masks that they made, kind of heads. Yes. And two of them actually were recycled and used in, what is it, Ernest Goes, it was one of the, it was the scary Ernest, you know, do you remember Ernest Goes to Camp and all the Ernest Goes, Ernest, yes. it might have been more of a North American thing, but I think it was like the scary Ernest, no, it, it, I think it, scared or something. I think it comes around... Isn't that out around the same time as this film? Was that around the same yeah. time? Yeah, so they reused two later? of the heads of the killer clowns in that oh, movie wow. again. So these were actually recycled and used again because they were trying to cut costs in a lot of these movies, which I thought was really interesting. So now I kind of mm. want to watch that Ernest Scary movie just so I can be like, yes, there are the yes. killer clowns. Like, yeah, yeah, which I There's thought was I probably I. I think I remember that rings a bell, and I'm because I think I probably did see that, but back in the day, um, I, and that happens quite a lot. There's a movie I've hosted called The Eye Creatures, which is kind of like, kind of slug-like purple things, and the, uh, and they those monsters turn up in a uh, the invisible bikini. It's called, I think it's called, and it's like it's so obviously you know, and you get oh, and Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet is in so many other films, isn't it? It's a uh, uh, yeah. it's on quite a few different things I think you know because they were expensive to, to, to make so therefore if you could you know if you could reuse it I'm surprised it's still happening in, in the late 80s I have to say but I guess if it's well, well, probably a little in joke perhaps they were trying well. to keep their costs down look horror movies didn't have the budget mm. that a lot of other movies were given so it was always about making do with what you had yeah. and in fact one of the brothers did you know one of the brothers played Clownzilla the big killer clown at the end so one of the brothers who was the writer yes. uh, yeah they didn't even hire an actor for that. Yes, I'm they not sure which to one. Use no. as many people. I think it's because that's the only sequence that they 
designed. I think that's the the brothers uh, that that made that costume or made that set, the miniature set that he's on, because he's really huge. So he's on a kind of miniature set, sort of, uh, sort of then uh, glass shotted into the um, uh, the 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 other guys in the foreground, looking uh, being smaller. So I think that's probably because they were more hands on with that section themselves, even though they did write, direct, and produce it. They don't artistically considering they're into special effects i found it i think oh they must have designed it all they actually don't but i suppose you know it's just quick there's time isn't it they and i think it's probably a benefit because a lot of friends their friends and family were in the movie too that was how a lot of it was made like if you look a lot of it was like people volunteering their time at that point to to get that to get it out which I I love I love hearing stories like that when it's like people came yeah, together to create great, this it? movie that nobody thought should be made and that's what makes it so lovely and iconic and and because I mean it's lasted even if you've never seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space you say that title to anyone they've all we've all heard of it we all know it is a movie that yes. exists we all know yes, the type of movie true. that it is yeah yeah so yes. I, I love even the that. reaction I love that it was like a it's become a. It was a secret that became a secret guilty pleasure that has become a, quite a mass guilty pleasure. Whether people have just seen clips or the trailer, because um, the trailer is so good. I think it, I actually showed it to a friend uh, the other day because I was saying, "Oh, we're going to be talking about Killer Clowns in Our Space this week on the podcast," and he was, "Oh, I've never seen it." I went, "Oh, bear with." <laughs> just showed him the trailer. Went because that trailer. sums it up yeah. beautifully. Yeah, because I suppose, like, you know, the clues in the title, it's not like it's a big secret that, that it's killer clowns. I think that's what, it's how they kill is kind of the, the fun bit. Um, and and I think it is, uh, I, I can't remember the rating for the movie. I would, I wouldn't, I thought, nowadays it'd probably be like a 12, wouldn't it? Um, oh, I wouldn't say uh, yeah. it's a 50, Because again, there was no blood, there was uh, no gore. Even the killing was really like humorous. Like I was trying to think of a single yeah, scene that I thought was like, yeah, that I thought was too much. And I'm like, I don't, like, maybe I'm no, a bad I don't adult, think so. but like, uh, I would show this to young teenagers. Yeah. I'd be like, here you go, 11, 12, you can <laughs> oh, handle for sure. this. W- it's killer clowns. Yeah. Yeah, it's killer clowns, yeah. I probably wouldn't go below 12 um, with uh, showing this film to it. I think if you were a child, it can probably be a bit nightmarish. The weird, there was an, an extra, the bit I'd never felt scary as a child, but... So, not a child, I was a teenager when I saw this. Um, but uh, this time around, I went, oh, that's actually quite scary. Is when it's in the jail cell and the bad cop is putting one of the clowns into the jail and he's handcuffed him and then the he takes, you know, the hands come off. Uh, but as he goes in, he hits him over the head from behind the clown and the, the, the bad cop to the clown. And then the clown's head spins round and because it's quite dark in there and he just like, it suddenly reveals a kind of like because they're quite smiley and nice and then suddenly when they turn it's actually quite unnerving and that's the first time I went ooh that's really sinister and I never noticed it before even though it's a big huge cartoon kind of mask it suddenly became quite sinister their teeth were like they they were almost plasticky you know made until their teeth their teeth looked like human teeth like shitty bad yes human teeth yes. that that really gave it this element yes. of like creepiness and i think it's where yes, a lot of they, like other they, clowns they like, like pennywise got its inspiration from in in mm. like you know mm. i really think these clowns inspired the clown movement that then came before us another interesting fact 
Clownzilla's theme song was originally written for, get this, Jason, mm-hmm. Friday the 13th. The Clownzilla oh, theme my goodness. song was supposed Did to be. Did not know that. Yeah, the theme song for Jason. Mm-hmm. Oh, my word. How? Cause, I know. Yeah, because when's the Friday the 13th movie? Is that 89? I can't quite remember when that comes out. I think it is, late 80s, uh, yeah. Yeah. I was looking back at what was happening in the late 80s, in 88, actually, funny, obviously the Winter Olympics. Uh, in, uh, and I've been, I'm so um, uh, obsessed with um, murder podcasts, uh, true crime podcasts, but also quite disaster YouTube videos. I wonder why I'm obsessed with this. And I said, I remember it's the Piper Alpha oil rig disaster, uh, which is the one that caught fire in the, in the North Sea, and also Lockerbie, which is the awful um, plane crash over Scotland. Um, mm. It was all in 1988 because I was <laughs> cheerful stuff, I know. But it, it's funny how you like we all remember what we were doing in 2001, if you're old enough to remember uh, the, the Twin Towers. But I not put those two events into one year. It's strange. Um, uh, but wow. at the cinema, you could see Killer Clowns from Outer Space. <laughs> and Alvira, Mistress of the Dark. Meanwhile, I was watching so, uh, Two Men was... Luge. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds great. I think Die Hard was the number one movie of that year. There's a lot that comes out oh. that year, actually. Uh, Who, Who Framed Roger Rabbit comes out that year. Uh, oh and it's, it's a lot of quite wow. big big hitters. But you, again, you kind of forget they come out in a particular year. I think 88, I think, was probably the first time when I started perhaps going to the cinema more either by myself or with, with... Rather than being like a... I don't think I went to the cinema a lot in as a child because it wasn't the fashion really at the time and then VHS kind of reignited my love of um, cinema and TV obviously did because in the early 80s I'd, I'd I got into horror by watching the Universal Horror Movies on BBC Two season and the same year weirdly this is an 84 I've tracked down the actual broadcast because I talk about it a lot in different interviews, is also in 80, uh, 84 is the season of movies on Channel 4 about bad films, which was Plan 9 from Out of Space, Santa Claus Conquers the Martians, Wild Women of Wongo. Uh, all films I host, although I have never done Plan 9, I think that isn't public domain. Um, so I discovered the classic horror movies and I discovered bad movies at the same time. So by eight, so by... 88, I was more than ready for Alvira and Killer Clowns versus Face because it was suddenly like, yeah. I think I'd shied away from mainstream cinema, I th- to be honest, as well. I I love the Top Gun re- um, sequel. However, that, I think, was the, the movie that pushed me over the edge. Like, it was very testosterone, hetero, uh, normative, I hate to say it, uh, kind of mid-80s. And with the AIDS crisis as well, like, I think I kind of fell out of love with mainstream commercial cinema at that point mm-hmm. I've, ret- I've watched those movies since but I discovered sure. B-movies and I discovered horror movies and I discovered um, what spoke to me I think so uh, Killer Clown comes yes. at just at the right time but I really thought it was just yeah. me that loved this film and I had no idea it's become as big as it has done and I'm looking forward I might so even have to get a PlayStation so I can play the game <laughs> So I'm glad you yep. uh, loved the movie too. So I suppose we should probably figure out what part of the motel we should put Killer Clowns Mouse of Space in. Now, I, I, we put both our first films into uh, the honeymoon suite. So I think to be a little bit different, I think this should go in somewhere else, but it should be a particularly uh, uh, 
good place for killer clowns. So I think this should probably go in. Um, Can I tell you what I think? Can I tell you what I think before you you tell me? Yes, yes, go for it. Yes, yeah. First time watching it outside perspective, I decided that Mm -hmm. for me I would check it into the family suite, the family room, if you (laughs) will, because I just think. So far, it is the most PG out of all, like, when I was, I was That's literally true. looking for a moment That's where true. I was like, what would I not show a child? And, okay, I get it. You shouldn't show children horror <laughs> films. I get you. But I just, it was so campy, so funny. There was no blood or gore. I'm checking it into the family room, everyone. It's going into the family suite as far as I'm concerned. That's a great place. Obviously, the family room in the horror motel is probably still, uh, I think, is brightly coloured and it is uh, creepy in its own right because it's the horror motel. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. So I th- in, in a, uh, I think it's, it's well overdue to get a clown mural on the wall of the family room, which is going to be the poster yeah. of Killer Clowns Murder Space. I think that's right. I think that's a really yeah. good place also to put it. It's, it's still a great movie. In our family suite... Yeah, in our family suite in the mm-hmm. hotel, it comes with a kitchenette, right? Because a family unit usually comes with a kitchenette so the family can take care of themselves. So <laughs> yes, the reason I'm does. checking it in is so the family can make their own popcorn, they can get the snacks ready for everyone to sit down and watch the movie, pull out pull out the Murphy bed for the kids, right? The, get the kids set up in their bed. Um, God knows the last time we checked that Murphy bed. I don't even know what's in there when you pull it down from the wall. But uh, there was just, I just thought this is, a per- and the amount of clowns, I was thinking you need a large room, you need a place where you, a lot of people could fit. So to me, everything just pointed towards the family suite for this for this movie. Yeah, in the motel. I I agree. I really agree. I was trying to think of a, a room that would be kitschy and camp enough, and the family suite is it. I think that's a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, wall for mica. It's, you know, shag pile carpet on the floor in a, probably a gold um, and pink pink flock wallpaper. You know, it's, it's pretty chintzy yes. in there. So, um, yeah. It's like, hey, this sounds great. Uh, and a kitchen there as well. I love that. Uh, so, yes, definitely the family room. I think that's a really good choice, Alison. I love it. Thank you. So, Thank you. Uh, yeah. I think that was our first time we've booked a, a movie into a different room. I'm so excited. I wonder if any of these movies are going to go into the furnace in the basement. I don't know, because all, we all love them, don't we? We'll have to ask the we viewers. Do. The viewers? We'll have listeners and viewers, if you're watching on YouTube yeah. at any point in the far future, um, some suggestions perhaps to films that we would put into the basement, perhaps. Absolutely. Or if you disagree with where we've checked the movie in, by all means, please let us know where you think that movie should be checked into. Uh, You might help us find some more rooms that we haven't found in the motel yet. So we're open to suggestions. We're open to feedback. uh, And we'd love to hear from you in regards to where you'd like the movies checked in or what movies you would like us to check in in the future. Exactly. I'd love that. I would love some suggestions because uh, I think with, our knowledge we have a certain demographic perhaps of stuff that we like um but you know i'm, I'm i do love of an out and out horror as much as like a sort of a, a campy uh, humorous one i do still love the the, the scary scary ones uh yeah. and obviously i'm i'm the queen of the cult movies so i do love a bad movie as long as it's not dull as long as it's not dull yeah um yeah but generally horizontal 
Yeah, I was going to say, that's why I love a horror movie, because they're ridiculous. uh, They're ridiculous mm. themes and plots, and that's why I I like it. I have seen some. (laughs) I have seen some that are quite dull. Uh, But uh, I I love the howling. I love the howling. Oh, yeah. And I love that. But there is, I think it's Howling 2 mystery. No, no. Howling 2 is terrible. I remember that being awful. And there's a like the sixth one in, I remember renting this on VHS and it's called uh, Howling Six Mystery Woman and it literally <laughs> is it looks like the director's taken the money and spent it on coke and just um, made a movie <laughs> in the small hick town with the residents of the movie playing all the characters like not act, not proper actors and it has one transformation I think in it which is probably one of the worst transformations I've ever seen it's kind of like not even um i think it she jumps through a window and she comes out as there's the monster on the other side it is the worst movie and it's it's called different things and different it's been re-released a number of times but it literally looks like he's just made a movie with the townsfolk and they're amateur actors you can't hear them you it's just oh my god that's not even funny bad that's just like jaw-droppingly like bad. oh my gosh what is this Please, no one suggests yeah. Howling Six Mystery Woman. <laughs> <laughs> Number six, Mystery Woman. Well, maybe we should do it. Maybe we should do it. Then, well, that would definitely go straight into There's the There's our furnace. basement. Yeah. <laughs> that is We've had a basement movie. Yay. Uh, so, Alison, no, so that was my movie of the week. Do you have uh, any idea or tease me with some ideas of what you might choose for next week? you know what? I, I, I am still deciding at this point. So I'm going to leave it a mystery. I'm not giving any indication. It's a cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, get ready. Get ready, everyone. Uh, but we so look forward to being back with you in the motel next week. Thank you so much for listening. And uh, if you haven't, go watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space.